Hello everyone, I'm Randa and I'm an immigrant girl. Presenting this podcast with me is Shahed. Hello, I'm Shahed and I'm an immigrant girl. This podcast will discuss our journeys as immigrant girls and share the stories that made us who we are today. The music is original music provided by Laith Sadiq. Laith is an international award-winning violinist and composer. Today's episode is about an immigrant girl's first job in her new home. First jobs are hard under any circumstances, let alone when you are in a new country learning a new language and adjusting to a new culture. I moved to the UK when I was 20 years old I considered to have a lot of first jobs. There's the first job when you earn money, then there's the first proper job, and then there is the first career job. As insignificant as they may seem today, each job had an impact on making me who I am. I moved to the States with my family at age 13 and also had a series of first jobs. But differently than you, Renda, I don't think of them in the categories you outlined. But it is important that we highlight the evolution of the jobs and how they shaped the immigrant girl's identity in her new home. Totally. So Shahed, what was your first job? I can't start talking about my first job without talking about my mom's first job in the States. Tell us more. My first job was going to the laundromat, helping my mom on Saturdays, where the owner would pay me $5 an hour. Wow. And... It was a lot of money at the time. And of course, I had the typical dream job of a 13-year-old, working the cashier. (laughs) You have no idea the joy of slamming that cash drawer after someone paid you and punching their order into the computer and having the machine print out a receipt for them. Oh, and did that cashier ding? Oh, come on. It wasn't that (laughs) old of a cash register. But you know what? My mom let me work cashier all day and it was just a fun Saturday job. And at 13, making 20 to $30 in one day is huge. Of course, I was always saving it to come see you in London. And I remember when I heard my first $300 before I was 14, I was like, wow, if I keep making money like this, I'll be a millionaire. (laughs) I suppose making $30 a day is a huge deal for 13 year old, especially as a new arrival. You tend to calculate the exchange rate in your head and you convert it back to your currency. And then it suddenly hits you. It's like, oh, this is what this can feed a whole family for a month back home. Right. Did you do that? Yeah. And you don't stop for a while doing yeah. that. I can and imagine. I was- very proud of myself. Oh, that's sweet. So, Randa, what was your first job as an immigrant girl? As I mentioned, I consider a few jobs 
where my first job. So babysitting was my first ever paid job. And then I got a job in an internet cafe where I was interacting with people, thinking on my feet, learning the language, having responsibilities. And then I got my first career job, which um, I feel was the first time I was in a professional environment doing some important stuff or so I thought. So the first first ever paid job the babysitting job my friend Celine um she she was French au pair in London and she was going home for a couple of weeks for Easter and she said to me do you want to cover for me while I'm away and I was so nervous I, I I thought I wouldn't be able to communicate and believe it or not I worried that the family would judge me for having come from a war-torn country I mean why would they want someone like like me but it was all in my head. On the contrary, they were amazing people. They welcomed me into their home. And I loved working with the kids. And, and children don't judge you. So I practiced my English with them. You know, that's exactly why most immigrants get hired anyway for their first job is someone recommends them. They take Absolutely. a chance on them. And based on that recommendation alone, they get their first job and thereafter. That's how the world goes around, right? So, Cher, back to you. After the job at the laundry, where did you go from there? My next job was at the local public library, and I could work there with the school's permission. Oh, you were a librarian. No, not exactly a librarian. (laughs) I was only 14 or 15 years old. So the actual job is just shelving books. And guess what? No matter how much progress you made there, more (laughs) books just kept coming. I see. And how did your parents react to you venturing out on your own? Because your first job was with your mom, but now you're doing this on your own. How did they react to that? You actually, you know, they had to drive me there, so they had to be okay with it. But my dad was vehemently against me getting a job saying, hey, what? why do you need this job? It's not like you're putting food on the table. We don't need you to work. Of course, I understood that my part-time job at the library wasn't helping the bills, but I wanted it for pocket money anyway. And it was my uncle who actually pushed and helped my parents understand that getting a job in America isn't a bad thing. And it doesn't mean you're bad parents if your kids are working. I think my parents thought that they were going to be seen as not providing for their children if I had a job. And my uncle, who had been in the States before us, explained that working will help me get into the system and learn how things worked. That's a very important cultural point you touch upon here, Shed. Parents from the Middle East and other cultures like the Indian subcontinent find it almost shameful that they are allowing Mm. their children to work. Um, Parents always worry that they will look like they're not providing and, you know, they're not giving their children money, right? That's exactly what I faced. And, and we, we've had that with my mum when we were back in Iraq. I remember my brother once, uh, again, back to my brother Ali, who is today a successful doctor and businessman, came home one day really excited. Um, somebody offered him a job at the cinema and he was booming. He's like, yeah. And my mum said, no way you will get a job. I am a single mum and people will say that I'm not providing for you, which kind of, you know, ended that conversation straight away. We now need to break this cycle. I keep meeting people who are still thinking 
this way and feel they're bringing these stigmas with them to their new home. We need to remind those parents that this is an important part of your children's development and people here are proud of their 16-year-old getting a job. Yes, absolutely. And there are also other stigmas immigrants bring to their new homes about starting over. I've met people who are willing to start over, like a former marathon runner who is now a painter or an engineer who cooks at a restaurant. To us, they embody what we think of as a model immigrant willing to do anything in a new country. I've also met people who simply cannot see themselves doing a different job than the job they had back home and would never want to start from the bottom. It is scary to start over, isn't it? Building a CV, applying for jobs, getting rejected. Um, As an immigrant, you blame every rejection on you being an immigrant and you don't fit in and you always blame yourself, don't you? Yeah, but once you get that job, it gives you confidence. My job gave me the confidence to apply for a job after the library as a tutor, where I was tutoring kids in English and math at Kumon. Imagine an immigrant girl in the States for less than five years tutoring American kids in math and English. (laughs) You moved up the um, job ladder pretty quickly, Shahed. Absolutely. And I sometimes wish I had a video recording of me back then so I could see how I sounded (laughs) and what kind of help I was giving these kids when they I probably needed the help myself. I can imagine. My, actually, my confidence took longer to build up. I lingered for a long time doing English courses and babysitting, too afraid to take on a job that would need interactions with adults um, and, and being put on the spot until my brother came to visit and he sat me down and gave me a very good talk about you know you you will never be ready and and it was it was a very hard conversation at the time but it was one of the best conversations that I recall actually because it pushed me to kind of get out of that kind of fear and go find a proper job and and I got my act together and I was working in um, an internet cafe within a week of him leaving I started working behind the desk at the internet cafe, charging people for using the internet. And then very quickly, um, I moved to giving lessons. You had a bit like you. And I was teaching people how to use the internet. I was helping them set up a Hotmail account, you know. And it was pretty cool to feel that I was, to them, I was an expert, but I barely just learned how to do all of these things myself. Um, and, you know, browse the internet, use internet, use, use search engines, you know, so it was, it was, it was very fun and it helped my confidence grow. And I even had to repeat business, believe it or not. You know, I bet people were getting uh, comfortable with you and that's why you were getting the repeat business. <laughs> Probably. And, and then actually all of a sudden you're doing all these jobs, you forget how hard that start was and how all these jobs get you into the system and you start feeling confident about applying and applying again and being rejected and you start to live with that. Did, did you find that, Shed? I did. And, you know, the biggest disappointment is sometimes you get the job that you're dreaming of and sometimes you don't. And especially for a college kid in America, I imagine my first job out of college would be something directly related to my degree in political science. And yet I graduated in the worst times 
when the economy was getting hit hard, where people with experience were getting laid off. So my first job out of college was working at the gym, scanning people's membership cards at the front desk and telling them, have a nice workout with a smile on my face. And at nights I was mopping the gym floors and cleaning up the locker rooms before closing. Oh, I remember how nervous your mom was actually at the time when you were doing this job because you're the eldest grandchild in the family and all eyes were on you and you had big dreams. And, and I think your mom was very nervous, right? And I think m- most parents would probably be in that place. But we, I remember talking about it a lot and I remember saying to her, well, at least she's figuring her life out doing something rather than sitting on the sofa watching TV. You know, you're earning your keep and you're figuring your way, um, you, you're figuring yourself out while you're doing something, while you're learning. And it's not like I was really loving it. It wasn't my career. I was absolutely miserable. But That's a good you thing, know right? <laughs> right. I yeah. think it is really important that you get a job you despise because it will lead you to the next step. And you never know the skills that you learned at that job, you know, how they can come back and how they can shape you. When in college, I worked for my uncle, who actually seems to be a big theme in this episode. Yeah, he does seem that unintentionally. I guess he has he has an impression on our life, hasn't he? Some influence there. Some influence. <laughs> well, when I worked for him, he basically gave me all the skills uh, that I needed to run a business. And without the skill set that I learned there, that absolutely had nothing to do with my degree, mind you, I would not have the confidence to run my own business right out of law school. I totally agree. You don't really get these skills working for big corporates, do you? No, I don't think you do at all, which is why the advice I always tend to give people is get a job in a small enough company where you get hands-on experience like the job I had working at the immigration law firm before starting my own firm. I got to see clients there every day, and it made me want it to be an immigration attorney. Of course, I wasn't serving them as an, immig- as an immigration attorney at the time, but every client was an immigrant like me. And every day at the job, I saw people coming in from different countries, and I finally got to be a fly on the wall and think, wow, this is a career I might enjoy. That's amazing. And, and what about the connections you made in these jobs? Yeah, when you get that kind of relationship in a close-knit company, you get more direct mentorship from your bosses. And I had a boss who was an immigrant like me. He spoke to me all the time and he told me, hey, you should take a risk right out of law school. Don't follow the trend everyone is going into where they're vying for a competitive six-figure job. He said, look, while everyone is doing that, you take the risk. And when you see that scary cliff, jump. What liberating advice that is, right? Absolutely. And to his own detriment, of course, because I didn't end up working for him even. (laughs) But I did take his advice and I started my own practice within a few months uh, of being an attorney. At the same time, I was invited to be a prosecutor on a very high profile case in Michigan, which was the Flint Water investigation. Oh, that's where you did your internship while you were doing law school, right? During law school, yes. I 
see. So you were invited to be a prosecutor and you chose not to do that job, but actually you did that job and you still built your practice, didn't you? Exactly. I was able to do both jobs simultaneously, which is the job of starting my business as an immigration attorney while being a prosecutor. Incredible. That must have been hard. Brenda, you did something similar when you started your own business. Yes, indeed. I started the business whilst I was working full time. And I know exactly how hard this is. Um, but, you know, sometimes if you want something badly, you've got to put in the work, don't you? Right. And so earlier you mentioned uh, that you had a job at the Internet Cafe. So how did you move to get the courage to move from there on to the next mm-hmm. one? Well, back to the Internet Cafe. OK, so so. If you remember, my immigrant girl dream was to work in an office in a big city and wear a suit. <laughs> Do you remember hey, this conversation? <laughs> don't forget, you have to ride the train to get of there. Of course, because you feel important, right? Um, so I, I did want to get an office job um, and because I knew then I'll figure out what I want. Um, I, I gained, so I stayed in that instant cafe until I gained the confidence and experience to push for, um, for an office job. I got my first offer job in a large rail company. It was so boring. I didn't (laughs) have enough to do. The work was not stimulating. But, you know, I'm not fussy, as most immigrants Mm -hmm. are. Um, We're not fussy. I still showed up every day, and I've tried really hard to be as helpful as I can. And, of course, the relationships that I've built... Um, helped me tremendously because those people recommended me to um, their companies. And I was, uh, before I knew it, I was in an apprenticeship program with the technology consultancy company where I started my technology career. When I look back, each job took me one step up in confidence, status, and in pay. And they helped me become who I am today. From that first babysitting job to the career jobs to building a business, right, Shahed? Right. And you know what? Looking back, I bet you didn't see that an admin office job, which you knew wasn't going to be the end game for you, would end up taking you to the start of your real career. Um, I, I probably... I don't know if I say I saw it, would that be arrogant? But but I just felt... I. I will figure it out. That's how I felt at the time. Uh, And sadly, because a lot of people in in the community we build when we first immigrate, they refuse to take a smaller job and move up the ladder. Um, Most people, they feel having a degree, uh, they're entitled to a job in the field that they finish a degree in. Failing to understand that we are competing with natives with way more local knowledge and experience and cultural knowledge. So my motto is just get your foot in the door and then figure out how you're going to go up and get the next job. You know what? Employment, from my perspective, is not easy or intuitive in the West. The people that say it is easy are privileged to have been in it early on and actually get it. Or they have people helping them navigate because it is a very specific hustle and it's easy to give up on. And 
I totally agree. And I think, I guess that's where mentorship plays a very important role. Don't be afraid to reach out to people that you respect and look up to and ask them to mentor you. Especially, you know, social media makes these things very accessible. Um, I stumbled, and I'm sure you've been through that. I hit a lot of walls, and I just stood there not knowing what to do. And I wish I, uh, I had that person to pick up the phone and just ask a question. So now we have that, um, those networks out there. You have LinkedIn, you have Facebook. Reach out to people, ask them the questions, ask them to be your mentor. And sometimes they welcome that, you know, I speak to people all the time, sometimes just about providing general career advice. I do notice, though, that people sometimes describe me as successful, and yet all they want to hear about is how I got here. And if they want to, if they can see themselves in me, they want to say, uh, can I make it? Can I see the light at the end of the tunnel? like you did? And did you go through dark times like I'm going through right now? They generally wonder, how, how did you get here? And sometimes forget the first baby steps that we had to take to get us this far. I mean, even me, I forget without doing this episode, Absolutely. you know, who knows, would I be reflecting on my laundry job and my, and my library job? Mm-hmm. But Even when I speak to people, it's not like I take them all the way back to the first ever job I had, but I certainly carry the lessons from then in my daily life and in my career. That's incredible. And I think it is important to tell people and share that that hard side, those dark days that, like you say, those days where we get rejected and tell them we've all been through those days. My takeaways from today's episodes are um, that firstly, these menial jobs do not define who you are today because you will do them for such a short time and they'll help you move forward. Secondly, some people may be skeptical about the new home that they immigrated to, but in our experience, If you are ambitious and work hard, you'll get where you want to get, regardless of age, gender, ethnicity, and so on. Yes, might be harder, but it's doable. Thank you, Randa, for that very helpful advice. And with that, thank you very much for joining us for today's episode. Don't forget to rate us on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. If you connect with our stories and want us to reach more people, please rate us. And remember, we're always here for you if you need any mentorship, have questions, or just want to bounce ideas about your career. Absolutely. And the best way to get hold of us is LinkedIn. Just search up our names and get in touch with us. Thank you, everyone. Thank you.